Jan. That he going to fly next week Sunday. He going to fly. People from his organization tell it to other members. And people all over the end of Jamaica. That this man, Bedward, is going to fly. Well, one Sunday afternoon, this was the time. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. It is the top of the hour. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Lessons Now. I'm Dr. Marla Luncheon, and I'm here with my co-host, Taryn Callender. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Taryn. How are you? I, um, you're muted. Welcome, everyone. I hope you all had a beautiful weekend. We are here back again. Yes, Everyday lessons indeed. on a Sunday evening. Yes. Some places. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. So, how was your week? Long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, long a lot of activities. You had, you're right. I was about to say you have activities happening in Trinidad. A lot of activities happening. I don't know why this is looking so dark on my end, though. Yeah, yeah. I can see. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, a lot of activities happening, well, happened, um, and too, we're celebrating, we celebrated Republic Day yesterday, mm, Yes. and today there's a lot of activities going on, some of which I forgot I had to attend. <laughs> um, we have the actual Republic Day Calypso Mona competition happening. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's today? That's now. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, oh, okay. also there's something called... That some young men invited me to, and I, I gave assurances. Yeah, man, I'll be there. I'm loving these spaces. A couple of young men, young men that I really I, I like what they do. So mm-hmm. they begged me to make an appearance. I said, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, but Completely forgetting it was Sunday. I couldn't even pass through because I wasn't dressed for it. Right, I remember, right. I would have um, still try and pass before. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after radio, at least give them 45 minutes, but it was impossible. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we here, nevertheless, um... Everything yes. is on the top. We'll be preparing for this is the last Sunday in September. Yes, already. indeed. Yes, yes. And it will be October. October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're heading into Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's 10 months already gone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we started off this right here in the same position 10 months ago talking about. No, Right. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. When we were talking about goals and my 300 list and. And, and, <laughs> and we're gonna have to have um our version of a, a old ears. We didn't necessarily fall on old ears, but we right. have, to have our own version. And this kind of recap we can do like what are the things absolutely absolutely twenty twenty two right here because it's amazing how fast that time fly. We've yeah. With them and you all been and all who's listening, you've been with us for the past Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah. a couple of Sundays as well. Very close. Yes, like indeed. Average four Sundays a month. Yeah. So we had a small hiatus. Yeah. A little bit. We missed Very small. Time. Very small, though. Uh-huh. And um, over the Christmas holiday, we had one. Um, mm-hmm. We started up the New Year with a bang. Then we would have had one with the move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we would have one with my travels. Right. Um, but more so, we we if we have to, if we have to check our attendance, our attendance is up. Our attendance has been good, I, and and we but we we'll miss next week because you have something to do and it's homecoming for me. So right, yes, right, next week is the second, this Calvin's thing. Over yes, that already yes. too. Yes, <laughs> so um, yeah, and if you if we have to take attendance, if we were to be. We'd probably get like ninety percent, I would say, maybe ninety five. We'd still get an A. <laughs> and we were spe- and we were expecting a grade. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'd be doing fine. I, I think so. We are A students. I'm, I'm expecting I, an A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Professor, it's nice to give us an A plus because every time <laughs> we actually attend, it's amazing. So, yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. And actually, I was I was smiling when I was listening to the end of Dr. Keisha's um, podcast because the other person she had on, and I gathered that she's a clinician, and she was saying that you know nobody tells you to like speak to people nicely, and we don't encourage people to have these conversations where people are allowed to be vulnerable. I'm like. Wait, 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 what? And I've yeah. said to myself, but your vulnerability is your strength because you know that's that's what we know and that's what we advocate. 
So, you know, I was happy to hear every time I hear people speaking in terms that like it's a brand new discovery and they want people to do things that are emotionally intelligent is always heartwarming for me. Always is. So I was really happy to get the tail end of, of that broadcast. Yeah. So for me, we had an interesting week at school and one of the social activities we had was um, a chili peel. So New Mexico is the um, chili capital of the world. And so we have these hatch chilies. They're called and chilies, of course, go in chilies, pep, chili peppers is what I'm talking about. And they go into salsa and they could be mild, medium or hot. And so what they did, uh, some uh, a chili farmer came to campus and he had um, a roasting pit. So think of uh, like a rotisserie chicken, but it's like a big grill in in with, with a mesh. And they were turning these chilies in there and then they would put them at different tables and it, it would be black because they barbecued them. And you could just peel whatever chilies you want and then go ahead and, and get it. And for me, it was actually quite interesting because, of course, I had no idea that something like this existed, first of all. And, um, you know, then I'm forced to think of, well, what are the things that I can do with this bag of chili peppers I now have at home? So on this was on Thursday. So on Friday, I made chili chicken. And then I did something with that. I stuffed chili peppers with um, cream cheese. So I am officially New Mexican at this point, officially, because I'm, I'm doing all things with, with chili pepper. So that that was interesting. Um, and then next week, we have a whole week of activities for homecoming. So I know we'll be busy. There's something about throwing candy at people in a parade. <laughs> like it just sounds like Mardi Gras to me, but okay, I, I guess I'll go. So... Yeah, so there, there's that. Um, I know that um, Colette wanted us to talk about the four universal social gifts. So, you know, I'll, I'll recap that. Um, because this morning I saw something really interesting on um, CBS Sunday morning. You know, that's one of my favorite things because they kind of talk about emotions all the time, I guess, unwittingly so. But I'm usually happy to hear their um, things. And I found something really interesting this morning after listening to them. So the four universal social gifts um, are, and, and when we looked at them, we look at how do we use them in business and social interactions. And I found it from a book by two psychologists, two New York psychologists, um, Anne Demaris and Valerie White, and they're both in practice in New York. And they had a book, they have a book called First Impressions, What Do You Know About How Others, What You Don't Know, Sorry about how others see and they figured out that these are what they wrote about it these four universal social gifts are appreciation connection elevation and enlightenment and appreciation involves um, recognizing respecting and praising a person's positive qualities so you let people know that you understand and respect their positive qualities. So that might look like giving compliments um, and compliments actually help children to learn. If you, and you would notice if you tell children that they can do something or they're doing something well, then they're eager to keep doing it. And you know, you actually, they're able to win your praises. Um, compliments can actually strengthen relationships and soften relationships as well. Cause you may be in a tough situation and giving a compliment to someone could soften that relationship. Um, it could increase your sphere of influence and it could increase sensitivity in people who are geared to be sensitive. Um, when we're talking about connection, you know, generally we talk about finding places where your life would overlap with someone else. And, and where do you intersect with someone, you know, so that connection that you find could really actually be a great driving force in both lives. Um, and then elevation deals with lifting someone's spirits. I mean, a lot of people are in places just because they have the ability to lift people's spirits just by what they do and just by them showing up. And of course, enlightenment. So enlightenment is about giving people a new way to look at something. And I often pride myself in being able to, you know, look at glass half full kind of scenario. Um, because I, I think, you know, things don't necessarily have to be 
as dreary as people make them, but you have to have the ability to want to look at something a different way. Some people only see things black and white and it's no fault of theirs, but you know, it, it might be whatever training they've had and it could be self-fulfilling prophecy. There could be so many things that people are subject to, but if you understand the gifts, then you come to a situation wanting to change it. And so those are essentially the four, the four gifts. Um, I don't know if Colette is here, but um, yeah, I guess she'll, she'll chime in at the end. Now, the other thing that I saw today and I wanted to go through that was, um, there was a, there is this book called Tuesday with Maury. And the Maury character in the book, who was a real person, he was a psychology professor and he was dying of Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. And CBS had spoken to him, um, you know, to... I guess get some insight from him or whatever. And he said, you know, there's some days when I just feel like dying and, and there are other days when I wake up and I think, oh, I can go on, I can do this. And one of his students saw the episode or the article and they wanted to reach out to him because he hadn't seen him since he left school. And he went and he started this thing called Chooses with Maury. He would go to see him every Tuesday. And then he ended up writing this memoir. This story is 27 years old. And I never heard of it until today because I didn't have to study it in high school. But there were so many people who actually studied it in high school. And so the author's name is Mitch Album. And um, the book is called Tuesday with Maury, An Old Man, A Young Man, and Life's Greatest Lesson. And there are things that he actually discussed with him. And so there are some quotes that I pulled from the book, um, quotes that I found when I looked up the book. And I, and I pulled them because... I wanted us to talk about it from a sense of, and we've spoken about things like this before, where at the end of life, people often have things that they want to depart. Um, they want to impart on others before they depart. And, um, you know, some of these quotes are actually, I think, very telling. And if we were to look at them in the context that they were said, so a man who is, and at the end of his days, he was actually... It appeared to be bedridden because in both of the interviews, he is sitting there and someone comes to him to like put on his glasses and that kind of thing. But he is well aware in his mind, his body is failing him though. Right. Right. So in that context, this, this ex-student of his sits and speaks with him. He talks to him every Tuesday. Um, and these are some of the things that he said. So the first one is love wins. Love always wins. And I like that because that's something that you kind of say. And some you have some variation of that that you say. Lead with love. Lead with love. Okay. All right. Fine. So, you know, and, and you can understand how something like that is important, you know. And, and if you understand, one, what you mean to people and how it could be useful. The second one is the truth is once you learn how to die, you learn how to live. And that one kind of hit me like a ton of bricks because, you know, we we generally don't talk about death. We don't. But then... Are we, if, are we afraid for the wrong reasons? Yeah. My, yeah. I can honestly say the passing of my father gave me a new perspective on death. Mm -hmm. I have accepted it in a new light. Not how I used to look at it before. Mm -hmm. And for me, I am comfortable with death. But I'm also very vocal as to my position and my purpose i will say i have not i have not lived my purpose right so i will pray that i get more time mm -hmm. but i know it's not allotted so that is where this quote comes from mm -hmm. the truth is once you learn how to die you know to live mm -hmm. me understanding that death will kill the things that i aspire to do Mm -hmm. It makes you do those things every day. Right. That's why I've changed my modus, my my vibe. When I started the whole trend of lead with love, it came from a space of, oh, a lot of things happened to me when my dad died. Mm -hmm. Plenty different changes in me. Like when my dad died, it 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 gave, made me look at things differently. That's why I started the journey of going up on the hill. That's when I made the leap to go away mm -hmm. and do all of these things. Those things happen after he died. Mm -hmm. Had he not died, I don't even think that we'll be here. Right. In all honesty. 
because it might not have made me shift my mindset to lead me in a direction for us to have a conversation. Right. You understand? My trajectory mm-hmm. was different. Mm-hmm. So I started to look at that differently when that happened. So I understand that's quote clear as day. Mm-hmm. I understand it clear because it means you were living a life preparing for your departure. Meaning right. when I'm gone, what is said when you're gone is how you lived your life. Mm-hmm. Yes, you get the traditional, you was a good man, da, 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 but not so much your words, is the feeling. Like you must leave an impression on people that it's not like I want people to miss me, but I want them to appreciate the time that I was here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So things like, listen, I remember this, so I remember that. And I heard all of those stories at my dad's eulogy. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we did an open eulogy with a lot of people he interacted with because he was a reverend. A reverend. And it was the same experience. We, you shared that experience with me when we heard Philip, the ambassador mm-hmm. to D.C., to Trinidad. Mm-hmm, yes. And we heard him talk about my dad. Remember, right. I learned a lot of things in that moment. Yes. Like, no. Yes. He said, listen, your father was my mentor. Right. And in that moment, I'm looking at this man. He he was a beautiful position. Yes. He's to train at Tobago in yes. Washington, D.C. Yes. Highly recommended. As a decorated, a decorated soldier. soldier. He's, he's like the poster boy for a GI good guy. It's absolutely. And to hear him tell me in yes. that little space, yes. oh, I am here because of your father. Right. It kind of made all the things add up now, you understand? Yeah, yeah. All mm-hmm. the dots kind of connected. So it even made, in my quiet time, I was like, look at that. So mm-hmm. it's something to think about. I will love to be mentioned like that mm-hmm, when I'm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he wasn't doing it from a place of being sympathetic to me. Oh, not at all. I didn't not feel, at all. And you were right there. I didn't yeah. feel the energy yeah. of he just trying to be nice because he could have not see us at all. He uh, right. only saw us because of that situation. Right. Right. Because they had this care with COVID and all that. So, so for me, this one, I, I haven't heard the rest yet, but um, that quote, the truth um, is once you learn how, how to, to die, die, you learn, you learn to live. Mm-hmm. And it's why I received that information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It hit me like how you live your life really prepares your departure. And people see death as a finish, as mm-hmm. an end. It's not really an end. Death is a beginning of you. How you live is how you'll be remembered. Mm-hmm. So you need to be careful as to how you live. And a lot of things, and there's always. There's not time. Like, we always think that, okay, I will call next week and tell him I'm sorry. Right. I will call. Right. I will fix this. Mm, I will yeah. start Monday. We right. always, we always oh, assume we have time. Yeah. You always, I was, so you, you know you need to... The doctor said, change your diet. Mm-hmm. All right, let me just go and drink that last beer. <laughs> and I will, I will stop drinking beers next week, Tuesday. Right. After... I go yeah. to these two lines Friday and um these two yeah. lines Wednesday and Tuesday. Yeah. And bam, Tuesday are the line me leaving a car bounce you don't hear that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just saying you have to we have to try and train ourselves to deal with the things because subconsciously the universe gives us signs. Like I, I don't know if the, my situation is a sign or is just me just being conniving and, and <laughs> but I see it all the time. Every time I go into a car, that's the night again. It always pops up. Like, uh, and I don't know if it's a reminder. And it's not, it mightn't be. That could be, if we're being honest, the reminder of this Prado story that we have, it could actually be representing something else. Eh? It could be. It could be, it could be representing, listen, stay, 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 stay focused. Yeah. Stay focused. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't Every time you see this that. reminder, it means, Keep right. going. Yeah, Keep it going. Could, it it wouldn't necessarily have to be that. So, right. and all of that too, I have to take into consideration. So that is mm-hmm. how I would look at that particular quote. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember, pe- people do not think of of being thought of, whether it is here or gone. Mm-hmm. People don't want to be judged. You hear all day, every day. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. But there isn't a person on the planet that does not judge. And there isn't a person on the planet that isn't being judged. So when I mentioned the four agreements, the first one is be impeccable with your word. Folks, thank you. Okay. Okay. So I I did something different. I did the four, I I did the four social gifts. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and I believe that I think the four agreements. Okay. 
They mm-hmm. coincide. Those are different. Yes, yes, yes yeah, they do. different, mm-hmm. but they coincide. The four agreements don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Do you know how difficult that is for people <laughs> to grasp? Seriously? And I incorporated the first agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz into my classes. Right. Whether I was teaching adults, and the adults were not just any old adult. These were credential mm-hmm. people. These were people mm-hmm. with PhDs and EDDs and administrators and superintendents. Didn't know anything about the four agreements. And don't mm-hmm. think it's necessary for them to live that life. Right. I don't, I don't even want to call it a lifestyle, but live by that creed. But I'm sure you can see how um, being self-aware helps with all of those. Absolutely, it does. It helps. And, and because self-awareness is just one of the pillars of emotional intelligence, it, it, that is why we have to ensure that people understand what it means to be emotional intelligent. Because I say a version of the first one, be impeccable with your word. I usually say, my word is all I have. Exactly. But do you know that people don't, but do you know that it is, and I'm sure that you do, people don't think that giving their word means anything. It just really, I'm, and, and I run I across this every single day. Mm. They don't think it really means anything. They can say whatever they feel like saying mm-hmm. at that moment. Or so, or they can tell you that they will do something, and then if they don't do it, they just think, ah, it's fine, whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's it's, not it's, me. It's if I say I'm going to do something, right. then I'm going to do it because I don't need somebody to come back and say, oh, yeah, she's not reliable, because that is right. how it ends up. That's how and, it ends up. And for up. me... Yes. That's all I'm concerned about because my good name is all I have. That's, That's it. Right. I don't have That's anything right. else in this world. I will take nothing out with me. All I have is my good name. All you have is your word. And I want to keep it that way. Yeah. And what people don't understand is one, they don't understand. Two, don't really care. Right. Because you right. can think whatever you want to think. And, and what's that? How does that go? It is what it is. Yeah. And oh, I'll yeah. never forget. Yeah. Yeah, I'll never forget when Ellen Leva on Channel 7 at the beginning of the year, she went through all of those senseless sayings. And she says, I hope we dispense of these for this year because they mean nothing. But mm-hmm. people live by that. It mm-hmm. is what it is. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, but if you if you were to live by the words that Don Miguel Ruiz taught mm-hmm, us mm-hmm. be impeccable with your word don't mm-hmm. take anything personally don't make assumptions always do your best where would we be today we'd be a lot better off of course and we'd be a lot better off and as i was telling you dr amala i'm talking to schools again to go back and to teach mm-hmm. character education because we're in dire need of things to change we're in yes. dire need for students to change. And I'll never forget people asking me why character education and mindfulness and life skills were not taught on the college level. Mm-hmm. I taught it See, for the- See, we have to find ways, I think, to incorporate it. Those of us who understand it have to find yes. ways to incorporate it in the things we do daily and remember yes. that we are an example. You know, because we keep forgetting and, and we just go about our lives, you know, doing little things and, you know, you think it might not be um, noticed or whatever, but it could be very impactful. So how you deal with others, you could become, you know, like, a, and you're not trying to become a poster boy or poster girl for anything, but you could, you know, based on how you live your life. And, and especially, and most of these things are actually quite simple when you think about it. Right, right. You know, they, they are so very simple. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Always do your best. How difficult right. is it to right. always do your best? Exactly. How difficult is that? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be that difficult. Mm-hmm. How difficult? Not. And when people think think what it means to do your best, what does it mean to do your best? Is it? That I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was in community college and we had a slogan um, it was a national slogan in St. Lucia. It was on, on radio and TV and so on. And it was, let's be the best. It was a tourism slogan. 
Um, and of course, because you're competing with all the neighboring islands and so on, you say something like, let's be the best, and it's national, then everybody understands that means there's no littering, that means that you say good morning to people, it means whatever being the best meant, there was this buzz around it. And then it faded because, you know, I mean, like everything else, if you don't keep focusing on it, then it, it disappears. But, right. yeah. It does disappear. And that's one of the reasons we get what we get, because all of that has disappeared. Mm-hmm. And people don't think that it's necessary to have mm-hmm. these kinds of, of uh, people don't understand traits. And you mm-hmm. don't live by these kinds of words. I spoke with a principal recently, and he wants to know what it looks like, what character education, what, what SEL looks like. And uh-huh. I thought, oh, not another one. Right. How right. do you not uh-huh. know? How do uh-huh. you not know when you've got a school with the makeup that you have? How do you not know what you need? Uh-huh. That just blows me away. That <laughs> just blows me away. How do you not know? What does that look like? And I thought, oh, God, not another one. Hmm. Not another one. But it's something that we need to be yes. engaged in Absolutely. every single day. Every single day. Mm-hmm. And All there the are time. easy ways to do it. There are easy ways. And and this this book here does have some, some good examples. As well because, like I said, this guy had come to the end of his life and he understood some of the things that people didn't get or that at the end of life, these things don't matter. So the other one, number three is don't let go too soon, but don't hold on too long. And I think that's important because sometimes it's only afterwards when you've found all, you, you've heaped up all this courage and whatever thinking, you know, you need to wait to get all your ducks in a row and, you know, before you could cross the road and whatever. No, you don't, you don't just, you need to understand that you shouldn't let go too soon, meaning you should try. But then you shouldn't hold on. That applies, and that applies to just about everything. That applies to everything. It It applies to everything. Jobs, everything. Sometimes you you holding on to a job, and you know there's something else you want to do, but you you nervous because you tell yourself you want the security of that job. Right. And it's same as relationships. Sometimes people stay in a relationship because you feel as the person you've been with for a while as all right. And and you're actually hurting yourself more. So it applies to a lot of things. Yes, that one's good. Number four, I like. um, It says, I like myself better when I'm with you. Meaning that you understand how someone else can impact you. And I really like that one. But as I was reading through them, I'm like, this one is such a gem. I really like it. I like myself better when I'm with you. So you are able to see how someone else can influence you. Yeah. So. In a positive way. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. It, it makes you a better person. And you could be a very good person. Yeah. But, but you that know, person that makes that good yeah. thing a little more. Exactly. But there's exactly. some people who dull you too, eh? When they're wrong, you dull, eh? <laughs> yes. Yes. Because you know sometimes it's all about them, you yeah. know? So you are not able to be who you truly are. But then if someone helps you to see, hey, I know you're this good, but now... You're able to see, if you're able to see yourself in the light that other people see you, I think that that's a win, you know, especially if people see you in a good light. Um, number five, he said, don't cling to things because everything is impermanent. So things are going to pass away. So don't be hanging on to things. And I, this is something that I actually live by. So I'm into experiences more than physical things. Um, uh, because I understand that, you know, these two shall pass away. So I understand that. And uh, he also says, accept who you are and revel in it. I, I would, I would dare to add to that if it's good, because, you know, some people revel in being bad. We know that we live in a space where, and, and this guy, he was here 27 years ago. But they're people, they know that they are terrible and they're not willing to change. So I would not encourage them tons to... Tons of those. Tons yeah, of yeah. those. I would yeah. not encourage them to accept who they are and to revel in it. Tons of those. That's yeah. right. Tons of but, those. But they don't feel they're comfortable being uncomfortable and they're comfortable with their own nastiness. That's where the narcissism comes in. You're right. They're comfortable exactly. being exactly right like that because that is the recipe for narcissism indeed 
It, it really is. Them getting comfortable with who they are and, and reveling in it and, and a lot of times rubbing other people's noses in it unnecessarily. Right. And people saying it is what it is or whatever <laughs> it takes or something cynical so that right. they, I'm happy being me as a low down person. I don't care. I, uh, right. You I, deal with and it. I've, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Which yep. is crazy. And what goes around comes around. Don't forget karma. She mm-hmm. is a witch with a B. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Karma is a witch with a B. And she shows up when you least expect her. Absolutely. I like this one as well. Number seven, death ends a life, not a relationship. And I think that that is, if we understand it, how it was intended, I think that that is actually a beautiful one because he did say that uh, Maury told him, when I pass away, you can come sit at my grave on Tuesdays and talk to me. And I will listen, you know. And I was like, wow, that's, that's such a beautiful thing to say. And people could think it's scary or weird or whatever. But, you know, it, it ended his life. But they still have a relationship because the interviewer asked him, so do you still hear more? He said, all the time. He's like, in my head. He said, you know, like if you have a penny and you throw it into a penny bank and it clinks around, when things happen, I hear his voice in my head, like reminding me of conversations we've had or whatever. So yes, his life has ended, but the relationship that they had is, is still there. He still sees him as the person who gave him all of these gems and put him on a different path. Because he said before, um, I think he was a sportscaster this Mitch guy, the the author of the book. And he said people would ask him, he'd be walking in the community and people would ask him, who's going to win the Super Bowl? And he would say, Patriots, and he would just go. So he says, now if someone says to him, "Um, you know, when when my parent was dying, we sat and we read your book and, you know, it it really made the time go easier and whatever. You can't just be like, oh, Patriots, and carry on. You have to stop and engage. And he said it's really made him a different person just doing this whole project. So that was number seven. Number eight is so many people walk around with a meaningless life. They seem half asleep, even when they're busy doing things they think are important. This is because they're changing the wrong things. The way you get meaning into your life is to devote yourself to loving others, devote yourself to your community around you, and devote yourself to creating something that gives you purpose and meaning. Terry, tell me how much you love that. Yeah, that's <laughs> a regular one for me. I'm actively yeah, exactly the 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 things in the community in a in a yeah. very deep deep, yeah. deep right now. Yeah. And yeah. and really doing it out of like as I told, like for instance, just on Saturday, just on Friday, sorry, um, with young brother, it was so amazing that I could have allowed him to to have an audience that he never had before mm-hmm. and encourage him to, you know, to, to, to accept it for what it is. Right. And, and and embrace the opportunity to do it for somebody different and do it with style and grace. And mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. after it's done, he's like, I really see what it is you were saying. Right. Sometimes you have to sacrifice something because I knew what, how he felt. All the young, cool people who had moved out of. Right. Yeah. So he yeah. felt as though that where he should have been. Yeah. Looking back on it now, he was where he was supposed to be. Right. Yeah, and and it was um, your insistence that gave him that audience. So you know, really something that you did um, that that I think gave him a different purpose because I think now he sees himself differently. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Number nine is life is a series of pulls back and forth, a tension of opposites, like a pull on a rubber band. Most of us live somewhere in the middle. Agreed. Agreed, because sometimes we are conflicted by decisions we need to make, by how people are going to feel, by how people would look at us if we do a certain thing, you know, and, and sometimes we're on a little teeter-totter kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I agree with this one. Um, and as, but as long as we understand it, then we have to figure out. I like to tell people, pick a side. You have to pick a side because being in the middle is not always helpful. It's not always helpful. So that's how squirrels get run over. They're in the middle of the road. Pick a side. And we, and, and we go to, we, we're forced to go to the middle because it's easy. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. 
That's just the bottom line. It's easier in the middle. Mm-hmm. You don't think they don't want to do anything. They don't want to do anything that might require think, that they yeah. think or do something that they've never done before. Because it's easier doing that, doing nothing. Yeah, doing nothing. And it's easy. So it might That's be too hard to change. It might be too hard for me to take responsibility. If you're going to hold me accountable, mm, I ain't never done that before. No, nope, I don't think so. Let me do do what's easy. And that's where people fall because what's easy is nothing. What's easy means nothing. All right. Yes. Thank you, Karen. Uh, <laughs> the, the next one, number 10, is I give myself a good cry if I need it, but then I concentrate on all good things still in my life. And I mean, sometimes that is the answer. Um, and because, you know, we've all been in a situation where you feel like you can't do anything but cry, or sometimes crying is how you get the emotion out, and then you're able to move on from there. Um, and as long as you understand that you shouldn't stay in a crying place, then it makes all the difference in the world, you know? And, um, I remember several years ago, I had to be like 17 at this point, maybe 16, um, when when my sister was pregnant and she at the time was breaking up with her son's dad and so she had called me over I went over to the house and all of that and then she said so she was crying and I asked her um well you know what do you think the next thing is let me know because you know me in planning mode and big system mode I want to make sure that I know what's happening next and so on and she says oh as soon as I'm done crying it's on I was like whoa okay so I knew we had like a couple minutes and then she would start strategizing with me. So, and I, I've never forgotten that because it gives you a sense of there's a time and place for everything. So now I'm crying, but as soon as I'm done crying, it's on. So, you know, I could, I really could appreciate this one. I'll give myself a good cry if I need it, but then I concentrate on all good things still in my life. Yes. Number 11 is, this is part of what family is about, not just love. It's knowing that your family will be there watching out for you. Nothing else will give you that. Not money, not fame, not work. And this is interesting because I think a lot of people struggle with this. You know, they feel like they do all the things they do for their family. And so sometimes they neglect. So they do things at the expense of their family, as opposed to finding ways to incorporate their family, everything that they're doing. And if we look at the examples we have of um, Kevin Hart and Country Wayne, we see how they view family, you know, and, and Country Wayne is a really good example of how family figures into everything. If you look at examples, we, we have other examples where people, they're detached, but then they send money you know yeah. so like money could fix it and and you realize afterwards when when you get to the end of life like Maury was you realize that there there really is no replacement yeah. um number 12 he says if you're trying to show off for people at the top forget it they will look down on you anyhow and if you're trying to show off for people at the bottom forget it they will envy you status will get you nowhere only an open heart will allow you to float equally between everyone. Okay. Again, this is love and energy. And, you know, energy is something that we talk about now. It's like a buzzword now. And, and you know, we, we use it a lot. Um, and I think we understand it. But you hear people talking about energy and you start to think, well, do they really understand it, though? Um, it's not my place to teach people about energy, but you know, sometimes you hear people say things because they're, they're buzzwords, you know, and they run with it. Um, but just understanding that an open heart will allow you to float equally between people who have and people who don't have. That is what is important in that, in that whole thing. So very important. Very, very important. He says the most important thing in life is to learn how to give out love. And to let it come in. I that, love that one. That, that right there is... And I spoke about that just in the, the last Empower I did. Um, on... When was that one? Tuesday, I think it was. At Mover, the one at Mover. Because I was explaining to them as being vulnerable in this space too. Explaining to them that that is something I personally struggle with. Receiving love. Mm-hmm. Because 
we love is is remember it's an active word eh? it has a lot of action in it yeah and how you first learn to what love is more so likely be from your mom mm-hmm. and the type of love my mother gave me was more case of was more nurturing mm-hmm. than anything else and sometimes mothers who and my mom in her defense never had a son she had three good children before that Mm-hmm. her level of 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 how we we communicated was different in the beginning because she mm-hmm. didn't fully understand me mm-hmm. so what i know my mother's concept of love was from a place of i make up your bed and i make you breakfast mm-hmm. you understand mm-hmm. that, and it was just like that for a long time until then she she went away for quite a bit and came back, but by that time I was grown, mm-hmm. so she had to like relearn who I was, and mm-hmm. we stayed in the same space. And by that time I was way more comfortable in speaking, and and I wasn't as as knowledgeable as now, but for some strange reason it worked, and we kind of figured it out along the way. But it still wasn't what I needed from a woman. Mm-hmm. So I never understood how to receive love. You're woman or from your mother? There's but, a well, difference. Be, yeah, I know, but because it was from it was my mom, it transcended into women as well. Um, so I yeah. didn't understand what they were trying to give mm-hmm. because it wasn't, it wasn't resembling anything that I knew. You're right. So for right. me, for me, if you care about me, there's certain things you do. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And. Right. Right. I didn't understand that what they were trying to do was love, was out of love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So little things like I never understood, like like gifts, gifts were something that I wasn't into at all. I never really looked at. I had real issues in accepting gifts from a from a nice place because from the time you're giving me something, I automatically feel like you wanted something. Mm-hmm. So why mm-hmm. are you offering? You understand? So it was it was weird. So. In recent times, I've been much better with it, but it's something I talk about all the time, men especially, because love too for men is very, very tricky mm-hmm. in our space, especially as black West Indian men. You have to be careful how you give love to a man as a man in yeah. our space. Yeah. Because yes. they yeah. receive it as yo, we're going on with you, you something funny with you. It's like, yeah. I was saying to the young men in the week that yeah. your friend, I remember I, we spoke about yeah. it when I was talking about like buying something for somebody to eat or something as if you with a partner or the lineman and they say, hey, boy, let me get ready to go out now. Wear your shirt. I'll iron your shirt by the time. Right. And somebody was like, what are you ironing my shirt for? Right, like, right. Mother, this yeah. dude, this one. It yeah. looks, it's a gen- it turns out like a gender argument. Mm-hmm. Not understanding I, it's, it's, it's love, but I, and it's also. Are you going to try to be helpful? Exactly. I want us to leave quick. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It could be that as yeah. well. But, yeah. but it's, it's as, as uh, you know, it might sound dumb and, and if it's speaking it in your wrong space, but men have a real big problem receiving love both from women and men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially those, especially those who never received it they don't know how to identify it so they don't know how to identify love from a parent and they don't know how to identify love from their equal their peers whether Mm -hmm. it is male or female Mm -hmm. so and it's very different Mm -hmm. love from a parent is different from the love from very different peers Mm -hmm. very Mm -hmm. different but if you have that foundation if you have then to you understand how exactly. where the divergence is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And there are so many men and women. And I can't, I don't listen to, I only listen to one thing on TikTok. But TikTok has made it their business to flood the airways with this battle between black men and women. And TikTok has these issues. Black men can't love black women. Black women cannot love black men. Black men shouldn't date black women. The reason why black men don't date black women is because of this. It is a horrible thing. Mm. It is a horrible thing. But I, I'm not on TikTok, is, so I don't. I'm I'm not at all familiar with with their arguments. 
Oh, it's terrible. And it's not just an argument. It is, it is very, very, uh, it's, it's hostile. It's really, in some ways it's debilitating because when you, I don't listen, but to see the captions and to see the title of some of the, it's not TikTok, it's Clubhouse, but to see the titles of some of these TikTok spaces, it just, it's kind of energy zapping. Mm. But how in the world could these people come up and think they have the authority and they can tell well, that's, that's what happens when you get into liberated spaces where, where things are unregulated because it's those ridiculous. things really are it's unregulated. Ridiculous. So yeah. that again, that's why we need people to be self-aware so that they understand, you know, when someone comes to them with a particular argument, they can shut it down. Yeah. So. And they should shut it down, but they don't. And mm. those are the people that don't want truth. Mm. They don't want to hear the truth because most of the time truth is too difficult. Oh. It's difficult to hear truth, especially when you're taught, you may be talking about that other person. They don't mm. want to hear truth because truth hurts. As I said before, people can live comfortably. They don't mind being uncomfortable. They don't mind it. They've learned mm. to live with it. It ain't me, it's you. <laughs> so they mm. don't care anything about being comfortable in a lifestyle that is conducive to accepting and giving love. And it should not hurt. It should not oh, hurt. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Love hurt. love does not hurt. It yeah. doesn't hurt. It does not hurt. And it causes okay, you. It, it does. Yeah, except cool. except yeah. when you um, want to go to like breakfast in France and whatever, then it's kind of costly. Yeah. But fuel right. up a jet, you yeah. know, right. in the name of breakfast in France. But yeah. Well, fill, uh, yeah, fuel up the jet so we can go have breakfast. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a different That's costly. <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's a different kind of love. That's, that's a different what, kind of love. But, do, yeah. but that kind of love, I I don't knock it either because once uh, once you can live that lifestyle, it's fine. If you're doing it from that place, from a place of love, another place of showing off. Or, right, exactly, or exactly. Because there yeah. are people who who super wealthy and does yeah. nice things to the people they love. Yeah, Maya, which is cool. It's like right. and and what the issue I have with that as as. Colette was saying in these clubhouse and, and Twitter spaces is the information that they put out and oh, how they force the young people to make comparisons. Yeah. Like the newest yeah. trend was this young basketball player. He's dating a girl. She's 25. She's turned 25. Apparently, they've been going on for a little bit. And for his, for her birthday, for the past couple of years, he's been gifting her with regular nice gifts that a ball player will give girls handbags, expensive handbags, trips and whatever. Right. He decided right. to... Um, register two LLCs and, and tell her, listen, let's start two businesses together. You choose what you want to do and whatever it is, I'll back it financially. Mm-hmm. And made it a public and he handwritten it. He, he did it, give her a handwritten letter or whatever. And now it's so weird, the energy changed. Because I remember a couple of years ago, I saw some young girls on the same Twitter on the same space bashing a guy for writing a love letter. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, a handwritten love letter. It's like, who does that nowadays? Mm-hmm. And they bash him. Same same scenario. The only difference with his handwritten letter it is has money. financially afford yes. to yes. Sell her, choose a business and I'll yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. But the love letter it's was the same thing. thing. Yes. Same yeah. thing. So, so yeah. It, it, it says it says a lot, but that's one of the things I really fear about those pieces because it sends the wrong messaging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because you yes, can yes. have those feelings and don't have the financial, but the, but the actual feeling is still the same. A man yes. or a woman could genuinely love their partner and want to give of them what they can without mm-hmm. the big gift at the end of it. And it's the same love. Yes. No, you, you you want this young generation to believe that you are not you don't love me enough because right, right, me, right. Yeah. Give yes. me a, a letter and a business. Right, exactly. Or two. <laughs> or two. Yeah. It's, it's not, I love right. you same mm-hmm. I right equally it's just i am not a ball player but that's and, the thing we have to be able to equate those things now because he would be what, what would you value more you know someone who has they don't have anything but they could give of their time and they spend time with you or someone who has a billion dollars but he could give you a million to start a business that he is also a part of now let's value those two things. You know what I mean? Because they are not the same. No, they're, they're not. not. No. 
So he is giving you, but he's not giving you everything he has. No, but in this, in, let me just clear this up. In this particular mm-hmm. instance, the couple that we're talking about, I don't know them personally, obviously, but how they sell them on social media is that he's one of those guys. He's like a LeBron. He's a good guy. Like right. He's involved, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm not saying he's, that he's not. He's, mm-hmm. in, he's involved. So he's not the type that I could give you. I don't spend time, but I could give him money. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that. But what I'm saying is he is an anomaly. I am happy that he is willing to be, and he's humanized enough to give big and right. still do all the little things as well. Right. But my fear is the ones who are looking on and sharing not it, understanding. And making it up, they're not understanding. They're not making the separation. Mm-hmm. They're not understanding that is is like you cannot live in a space where you're with someone and you are so caught up into the fantasy of what you see and you mm-hmm. want to check it in your life when your life is not that. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, understand that you're not dating a ball player. Mm-hmm. You cannot expect a regular Joe to give you that guy. A regular Joe could go. I am thinking about uh, there's a young man right now somewhere who is planning his girlfriend birthday to give us something, and it might cost a hundred dollars, but to him it's a hundred million. And he, but he yeah. might only have a hundred and fifty dollars. So right. that's right. my point. That's right. my point. You know, so for him it's almost everything that he has. Whereas if Drake gives somebody a Birkin, it's like, okay, but he pulled this out from among the 30 he had in the room with the Birkin bags. Right. And remember, we've got a generation where people say these young girls equate love with things. Of so course. They say you can't do this with me until you give me this. You can't, you can't tell me you love me if you don't give me this. That's how you show me love. These folks have created an environment where they don't know one, the first thing about love. And Nick Cannon has nine babies with nine, I think it's nine different women. And he claims, he claims that it's okay. It's probably at least eight because Mariah has twins. Okay, no, well, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's seven. It's seven because Mariah. Yeah, one girl has two. One girl I have not done this, but partner. Nick Cannon can do what but, Nick Cannon but, wants. And to. he claims he claims it's all out of love. It's not love. Well, don't know. But but remember, wasn't Nick Cannon diagnosed with some um, life threatening yeah, disease? Yeah. That, that was his. That was the catalyst for why he started what he was doing. Okay, he. Because he he had a scare with death, he wanted children. That was nonsense. My whole thing oh, with that argument that's is, right. yeah. I tell everybody, don't try, because what people try to do is say things like, but he could afford it. Oh, yeah, I know. The money's not the issue. Money is not it. I, you know I how many of those children who grow up without it, without, and with resentment, with resentment, because it is inevitable. He is exactly. definitely going to gravitate to one or two that's of the children. That's right. And, and the one recent likely, one, yeah. More than likely, it will be the, the Mariah Carey children. Because exactly. They and the recent one, the girl has been online. She's been on a face on the internet where she says she's happy. She's pregnant and getting ready to have another baby, Nick Cannon's ninth baby. They don't understand what the absurdity is with all of that. They don't get it. The absurdity of all of that and what she's thinking, her baby will have whatever the baby needs which might be true financially which should be true but and and maybe not maybe not we don't know nick we only know that he makes a lot of money well well, i mean i i am sure he probably in situations like that i'm sure people in the beginning make sure that they want they they establish a trust fund and whatever whatever and i'm sure he has good lawyers who want to make sure that he doesn't get taken to the cleaners because you know we live in a very litigious society so, you know, I'm sure that that paperwork is done. But at the end of the day, you see your father on TV because there are people who have been um, just as rich and have had way less children. And they're... they're Struggle. Yes. Their children Struggle. ended up yeah. resenting them and whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Let me try to get through one one or two more of these. So, the yeah. next one is... Um, um Oh, everyone knows they're going to die, he said, but nobody believes it. If we did, we would do things differently. Agreed. Not like Nick Cannon, but yeah. Um, Devote yourself to loving others. Devote yourself to your community around you. Devote yourself to creating something that gives you purpose and meaning. That's similar to one idea. Very similar. Yeah, similar to what we did already. Um, Then number 16. Be compassionate. Be compassionate. 
and take responsibility for each other. If we only learned those lessons, this world would be a much better place. Definitely agree. And we, we talk about compassion. And one of the yeah. more important things is self-compassion. Because yeah. a lot of times we don't give ourselves grace, you know, right. so we are so hard on ourselves. So if we take responsibility for each other, you know, those the world would be a better place. And it would be. And remember, that goes with that saying, he's not heavy, he's my brother. And hmm. people don't want to be responsible for themselves let alone responsible for somebody else. And remember, there's this old adage, I ain't responsible for you. Uh-uh, you ain't, no. <laughs> Which is crazy as far as I'm concerned. But again, it, it ties back to love, you know. Yes, and the next does. one, he says, love each other or die. Which is what we're seeing happening in the world now because we can always point Absolutely. out a lot Absolutely. of the things that happen are as a result of lack of love. We keep saying yeah. it's poverty yes. and you know, the crime is as a result of this. It's a really a lack of love, and a lack of self love is where it, right. I would I would venture to say it first starts. Because if you love yourself, you probably would not do some of the things that you do to other people. You know, so we could we could start with that. Um, then he says, aging is not just decay. You know, it's growth. The more it's more than the negative. Um, that you're going to die. It's the positive that you understand you're going to die and that you live a better life because of it. People are only mean when they are threatened. I think that is that is so good. That is like a really good one. People are only mean when they are threatened. And it reminds me of a line from a soca song um, that says... Um, um, a lion is only a threat to man when man crosses on its domain, but a man will always be cruel to man and that way will never be changed. That yeah. is one of the most powerful lines in soca music ever, if I had to pick one. Um, but yeah, people are only mean when they are threatened. You know, so if you feel that what you are going to accomplish would be threatened by someone else coming into the space, then you would probably say everything possible to talk them out of it or to, to besmirch their character with no good reason. Because right. you thinking that there's not enough room for everybody is not a reason to besmirch somebody's name. It says, giving to other people makes me feel alive. Not my car or my house, not what I look like in the mirror. When I give my time, when I can make someone smile after they were feeling sad. And the author of the book, he actually now has a charity in Haiti. So he goes there and spends time. He says, you know, sometimes it's hot and, you know, like the fan doesn't work or whatever, but he gets his best writing done there because his mind is at ease. And he's able, he, he goes there and these children, they see him coming and they just run to him and whatever, you know, and he is really happy in a place like that. And he said that only came about because of Maury, because Maury told him, you have to give, you have to give. And he really just started looking for ways to give. And giving really makes people happy. I can attest to that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I think I'll stop there because we're coming up on the O. Yeah. So. It does make people feel better. And it's unfortunate that people don't feel that way. And not only is giving the best way, but even in my classes, I say, try saying good morning. Try say, try <laughs> saying thank you. Try saying something pleasant. You would be amazed at how it makes you feel when you say things that are pleasant. Indeed. And it doesn't cost you anything. Zero. It doesn't cost you anything. Pleasantries never cost you. It's the opposite of those <laughs> pleasantries that do cost you absolutely that's true absolutely yeah all right guys wanna so see, thank um, you for listening thank you. and um remember we are going to be back on october 9th because yeah. next week we have other things happening so have a fantastic thank week. you very much karen calendar and dr and amala luncheon and you have been listening to everyday lessons now Thank you for joining us. This is Intentional Talk Radio Network. And tomorrow, the beginning of the week is today. And Monday, we've got more great shows. Thank you for joining us right here on ITRN Radio. 
www.thebrandmedia.com. We've got a number of things coming up. Tomorrow is Menu Mondays and Mindful Mondays and In Your Own Words. Stay tuned for that. We also have the Humanitarian Educational Telethon that's coming up on November 5th. You want to join us for that? Don't get left out. Be right here at itrnradio.com. Thank you for joining us.